Welcome to the Flourish Conference podcast. Each spring, women from all over the country gather together at our annual conference to learn, grow, and flourish together as a community. Here is the recording from one of our sessions at our 2023 conference. Well, it's a privilege to be here. Praise God. It's a privilege to speak into your lives. Praise God. And um, I was just up here. I flew into Chicago. We ministered at Lyndon Doyle Jackson's this weekend at Waterville. And then we flew back Sunday night and Brother Rod left the car running and we ran out of gas at the parking lot and we were stranded for an hour in New Orleans with all the, uh, you know, bad people and we called road assistance and they told us if they didn't show up in an hour to call a friend and we said, fooey with that. And we called a friend and Rod said, somebody siphoned our gas. And we called the parking lot the next day and they said, no, sir, you left your car running. It ran all weekend, but nobody told us. So the trials of life, they never end. And Rod looked at me. We're sitting there on a main highway out of gas. And he said, aren't we too old for this? I'm 83 and you're 79 and we've run out of gas. And I said, no, it's too late to quit now. We're just trucking on in Jesus' name. So when Penny asked me to speak, of course, the name of our conference is Engage. And I want to tell you, ladies, something. I have been a Christian for 60 years. And if you don't engage with the Lord, you're not going to make it. The word says in Galatians 6, 9, do not grow weary in well-doing. If you don't faint or quit or give up, you are going to reap. And the devil wants us to quit. And guess what? I've wanted to quit many a time. Rod's wanted to quit many a time. And you know what? We got knocked down, but we get up. We look into the hills from which cometh our help. Our help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And we go on another mile. So you're going to have to engage if you're going to make it because the devil hates your family. He hates your children. He hates your grandchildren. He hates your greats. He hates your steps. And he's going to hit every weak link in your family. And so you need to engage with God and become a warrior to win in Jesus' name. So Penny asked me to share seeing God through our pain and suffering. And you know, when I got saved, I didn't think I would suffer anymore. Wrong, wrong. If you haven't suffered, wait, it's coming. But you know what? We must engage God to suffer well. We must suffer well to make it. And it's hard to suffer well. Listen, I am just like you are. I want to quit sometimes. I want to say it's just not worth it. God, I have prayed. I have cried a a, a ton. I have uh, done everything in my power, but God, but God, you know, we cannot fix anyone. Only God can fix them. Suffering can strengthen our faith or it can shatter our faith. It can do either one. We either get better in God or we get bitter. Rod and I have chose to get better. And you have to make that decision too. We all have to make that choice. Suffering will drive you in the arms of God or it will cause you to quit God. And you know, when our daughter committed suicide 14 years ago, we knew that that would either strengthen our marriage 
or it could break our marriage. And we chose to let it strengthen our marriage. And it did, praise God. We love each other more than we've ever loved each other. And we fight together and we fight hard and we win in Jesus' name. Praise God. So one of the greatest difficulties in life is coping with suffering. And we're all going to suffer. You know, and you're going to go through some suffering. And if you haven't, just hold on. Just hold on. You will go through some things because that is what makes us who we are. Suffering in the Lord Jesus is what makes us who we are. It becomes our testimony. Many of you sitting under the sound of my voice this morning are suffering. You know, you're suffering. And guess what? There is deliverance. All storms do end. You just have to hang in there. Praise God. Storms come. Suffering comes. Pain comes anytime, anywhere. Storms and into our lives come suddenly. Just like Donnie Schaefer dying. That was suddenly unexpected. That's what happens in our life. And if our house isn't built on the rock, if it's built on the sand, then the house is going to get blown down. But if we're, our house is built on the rock, we are going to stand. We are going to soar. We are going to be better than before in Jesus' name. Praise God. So don't ever quit. Don't ever give up. Engage in him, run into his arms, and he will strengthen you. So this morning, my, the name of my message is Don't Let Life Steal Your Song. I had another message I sent to Penny, and she rejected my message. She told me it was cookie cutter, I couldn't preach it, and she rejected it. And I said, Lord have mercy, what has happened to that woman? She got lost her mind. And then I talked to Dasha at the airport, and she rejected Dasha's too. Lord Jesus. But we got over it. We rebuked the spirit of rejection. I tore that message up. Now, Dasha said she just doctored hers. She cheated. I tore mine up, and I said, Lord, give me another message. Penny done rejected me, but God, you hadn't rejected me, so give me a message. So he said, preach to them women. Don't let life steal your song. Praise God. So put that song on. It's a little country. It's the cowgirl in me. You know, I was a barrel racer. Sing it if you want to. If you want to stand up and praise him, stand up. But victory's on the way. your head and listen and I heard the captain say
that's what you do when the devil attacks you. Praise God. So the name of my message is don't let life steal your song. And you know, I've been saved for 60 years. But you know, through every trial, through every battle, God has been with me. And through every trial and battle you've been through, God has been with you. And you may not feel like he's with you. And I might not feel like he's been with me. But he's been in my boat in every storm. And I have gotten through every battle. And when I am get on the other side of the battle, I'm stronger than before. Woo, that dancing. I got I to gotta take me some water, y'all. You know, I'm 79 years old. I'm probably the oldest lady in the room. Is anybody older than me in the room? Anybody older than 79? One person. Hallelujah. Let me just give you a brief little testimony. Um, Michelle did. You know, I was born and raised in Louisiana. (laughs) Praise God. My name was Mary Marvel Abert. H-E-B-E-R-T. Now, I moved to Texas for a little while, and they called me Mary Hebert. But I moved back to Louisiana, and then they called me Mary Abert. And I met Rod Aguilard, and we got married as teenagers. I was raised as a Catholic. He was raised as a Baptist. He said he would never become a Catholic. I said I would never become a Baptist. Praise God. So we got married by the JP, and our family said we'd never make it. And the only reason we made it is because my grandmother raised me Catholics, and Catholics didn't believe in divorce. So even one time he told me he didn't love me no more, he wanted a divorce. I said, well, I don't believe in divorce. Sorry. You ain't getting one. So we stayed together. That was before Jesus. Went crying to his mama and said, mama, I don't love Mary anymore. I want to get a divorce. She said, you jumped in the flying pan, and you got to stay in it. So we're still married 64 years later. Praise God. It took Rod 10 years. I got saved when I was 19. His daddy brought me to church to a revival, and I got saved. Our marriage was a mess. We had two children. We were very much in debt. And Rod, that's when he told me he didn't want to be married to no Christian. But I said, sorry, brother. And then he said, you're in love with a preacher. That's why you go to church all the time. I said, honey, I got enough at home. I ain't in love with a preacher. He did five years. He tried to get me out of church. So I tell women, if your husbands are not saved, you just stand in there. You pray for them, and God will save them. He come home drunk one night after his job dropped him off early one morning. They worked, stayed out, stayed out all night. They dropped him off drunk, and he got saved in the bathtub that day. And he ain't never been the same. So don't ever give up. Anybody can get saved. And like Michelle said, we have a large family. Praise God. And we did oversee the network for 36 years. NRP. It was Gulf States. It was just Southern churches. Then it was INLC. Jim Clark stepped in for a little while. And then it was turned back over to Rod. It came NRP. And when Rod became 80, he decided that Y'all needed a new visionary, (laughs) and he gave the network to Keith, and Penny and Keith have done a great job. Would you give them a hand? That was three years ago, and they've brought it to a new level, but I want to say heartache is real in life, and we suffer just like you suffer. You look at me up here, and you may think that we have no 
problems, but we do. We have as much or more because we have a large family. And when it happens, it's devastating when pain and suffering comes. And storms come suddenly, like I said. My marriage of 64 years has given me much heartache, even in the ministry. You know, Rod wanted 10 kids, and I only gave him five. (laughs) Praise God. He tried to condemn me to hell and tell me I had to stand before Jesus because I wouldn't give him no more kids. And he used Penny as an example and other people that had more kids than me. And we had to go for counseling with Jim Clark. You know, I've had my trials too. Praise God. So I got him a cat, a bingo cat, and I named the cat Honey because he wanted a little girl, the sixth child, and name her Honey. So he's got a cat called Honey. And then I want to say, if you're having marriage problems, I've read 100 marriage books to live and make it with Rod Aguilar. No, that's an exaggeration. Probably 50. But we've had to have counseling, too. One time, Penny came to me, and her and Keith were in a little trial. And I said, Penny, I've been there, too. Bride brought me to Jim Clark, of all people. But, and y'all don't know Jim Clark, but hallelujah. Michelle knew Jim Clark. So we've had our share of heartaches. And you know what? The suffering doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. I've had heartache with my church family. You've been there. People that you've loved, you've laid your life down, and they leave and don't even tell you goodbye. You know what? You have to bless them and go on. Jesus told us all that there would be pain and suffering in this life. And uh, in the scripture, Psalms 34, 19, and y'all can put that scripture up there, many, it doesn't say some, it says many, and I don't like that word many, are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from all of them, all, A-L-L, all storms do in, in our life. Put that picture up of my family. That's just part. There's probably 10 or 15 missing. That was a few years ago. Put the picture back up. That was at Christmas. There was probably 10 or 15. So you can see how many trials that we have in our life. I have four drug addicts in that group. I've had three children divorced. I have one that committed suicide that's not in that picture. I have suffered, but God, but God, praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, I want to say that... The worst year of my life, and maybe you've had a worst year of your life, uh, was in December 11th, 2008. Our beautiful 44-year-old daughter, Lynn, took her life in our home, and my heart was shattered. I didn't think I would make it. I didn't think I would live. I didn't think that I could go on. But I had others to go on for, my family. I had to get up by the seat of my pants and say, God, if you don't help me through this, I will not make it. I will quit because we did everything in our power to get her help. Hospitals, doctors, psychiatrists, uh, deliverance. uh, We did everything. And she still was hopeless at 44 and took her life. And on top of that, we had to close our Christian school in 2008. That was something Rod and I birthed. We bled sweat and blood. If you've ever had a Christian school for that school, we financially got in trouble and the bank said no more line of credit. And that was a death. 
She died in December and March. We had to make a decision to close our Christian school. We had a Christian school for 37 years. I worked there for 30 years. I had roots in that Christian school. There's a death to many things in our life. But we have to get back up and we have to go on. And then half of our church left because we closed our Christian school. $150,000 walked out the door. Praise God. We were in financial trouble. Then not three months later, Hurricane Isaac hit Louisiana and flooded all five of our church buildings and flooded many people's homes in the parish that we lived in. My own daughter's house flooded, and they had to live with us for six months with four kids and two dogs. And then my oldest son went through a divorce, and he moved in with me because he didn't pay his income tax. And with his five kids, they moved in with me. I said, Lord, help me. Just kill me so I can go to heaven. (laughs) I told my sons, because his kids were all heathen, there'll be no fornicating in my house. There'll be no smoking. There'll be no drinking. And y'all can't do nothing. And y'all got to come to church. And that's the way it is if you live here. They had to live there for nine months. I know when I went out of town on weekends, they did all those things. But anyway, (laughs) I told them they couldn't do it. And my grandson looked at me and he said, well, Mama, my girlfriend's pregnant. I said, y'all got to go rent a motel room if y'all want to fornicate down the road. Be no fornicating in this house. That was a trial. That was suffering for nine months. Then the bank tried to seize our property. They tried to call in our loan. You know, banks can do that. They can call in a loan. They saw an opportunity that we were very vulnerable. We didn't get our insurance money right away. The insurance company fought us. Five uh, flooded buildings. Um, they tried to seize our property. We, Rod contacted Kent Grimes. Where's Sherry? Kent Grimes. The 39th bank that they called to give us a new loan took us. In Luling, Louisiana, and that was a nightmare, and we got out of it. And Rod called me, and he said, we got the loan. The 39th bank, we were going to lose all our property, which was worth millions, five, building, five, five buildings. But God, you got to hang in there. you got to call things that are not as though they were. you got to tell the devil he's a liar. The word says the thief cometh to rob, steal, and destroy. But God came to give life and give it more abundantly. you got to stand on the word. You can't get weak. You can't lay down. You can't give in. The devil wants us to quit. He hates us. But you can't quit. And if you don't quit, you are going to reap in Jesus' name. Praise God. Okay, put that second slide up there. There's four seasons in your life. You're in my life. Four seasons. Oh, not, not the parakeet. Four seasons. That's, I have four seasons. Do I have four seasons? Going into a storm. I don't have that. It's okay if you don't have it. There's four seasons in your life. You're going into a storm. You're in a storm. You're coming out of a storm. Or you're in fair weather. Can you relate to that? It seems like Brother Rod and I stay in a storm. We don't ever have much fair weather. We think, oh, God, we have fair weather today. We better enjoy this. So I'm going to talk about the parakeet. That's the picture. Have you ever felt washed up? You can put the picture of the parakeet. Washed up, sucked up, and blown over. That's Chippy up there. He was singing up a storm. I could just be singing up a storm, and all of a sudden, Rod called me. He said, you better sit down. i got to tell you something. Oh, Lord, don't tell me. I don't want to know. But anyway... That's chippy. 
And you've probably heard this story, Chippy. I've heard it, preachers talk about it. Chippy never saw it coming. One minute, Chippy was sitting on that perch, singing up a storm, worshiping God. The next minute, he was suddenly sucked up, washed up, and blown over. His problem all began when his owner decided to clean his cage with a vacuum cleaner. She stuck the nozzle in that cage to suck up the seeds and the feathers, and suddenly the phone rang, and she had to grab that cell phone, because, you know, you can't miss any calls. And she grabbed that cell phone, and that nozzle suck Chippy up that nozzle. And he was gone. Chippy was sucked up. She grasped, ah, Chippy got sucked up in the vacuum cleaner. She dropped the phone and immediately switched off that vacuum cleaner. She unzipped that vacuum cleaner bag and there was Chippy. Traumatized. He was, he was alive, but he was in shock. He was covered in gray dust. Have you ever felt that way? I have shocked, covered in gray dust. She grabbed him and she rushed over to the bathtub and she started washing Chippy up. Traumatized and freezing, Chippy was freezing. And and, and then she grabbed the hair dryer and she blasted him with the hair dryer with hot air until she blew him over. Lord help Chippy. The question is, did Chippy survive? Chippy survived, but he lost his song. He never sang again. He just sat in that cage and he just stared. Have you ever felt like that? I've just felt like sitting in my recliner and just staring and saying, Lord, what hit me just then? That's how Chippy felt. And you have felt the same way. You lost your song. You can't dance. You have no movement. You don't know what to do. All hell's broke against you. It happened a few weeks ago to us. Rod said, Lord have mercy. When does the devil quit? I said, he ain't going to never quit till we die and go to heaven. Totally stunned by life. That's what trials and battles and storms do. And sometimes we feel like chippy. Suddenly it takes place. We don't know whether coming or going. We don't know whether we're up or down. We don't know if God is for us. We don't know if God is against us. We don't know if he's with us. We say, God, where are you? You know, he's with you. He's with you, but sometimes we just don't feel a thing. Life storms beat us up, and life storms steal our song. But hey, we may get sucked up, we may get washed up, and we may get blown over. But thank God for the butts in the Bible. But I get my song back, and you will too if you engage with the Lord Jesus. That's what we have to do. We have to engage. We have to run into his arms. We have to say, help Jesus. Help Jesus. Don't make your own plans. Don't do it your way. Inquire of the Lord. That's how I've made it through in my life, in my 60 years. Our battles in life are without purpose. Praise God. Uh, and that Romans 8.28 says, and we know, and we know that For those who love God, all things, not some, what does it say? All things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. All things, the good, the bad, the sad, work for our good if we engage with him. 
but we have to engage. If you don't engage, it's not going to work. You remember the story of King David at Ziglag, and you can read it. 1 Samuel 34, David and his men lost everything. You remember the story. They lost their family. They lost their children. They lost their homes. They lost all their possessions. But what did David? David cried until he could cry no more, him and his men. They wept. The word says they wept until they had no more strength to wept. I've been there. I have wept until I have had no more strength to weep. But David found strength in the Lord, the word says. He inquired of the Lord. And that's what you have to do no matter what you go. You have to inquire. And if you inquire, if you don't ask, you're not going to have. You have to inquire. In losing Lynn, we cried until we could cry no more. I thought I would die of a broken heart. I said, why, God, why? But you can't stay with the wise. You can't stay with the wise. You can't stay there because it'll destroy you. So our pain is not meaningless, praise God. The word says it has a purpose. Every child that we go through has a purpose if we trust God and we engage. John 12, 24. I sat in my room that night, the room she killed herself in, and I said, God, why? Why? Why couldn't you have taken me? She has five children. I've raised my children. Why? He didn't say anything, but he gave me this scripture. John 12, 24. Verily, verily, I say, I tell you, unless a kernel, kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone, only a simple seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And Stephen, our son that now pastors our church that we pastored for 37 years, said, Dad, you need to start a lens house for broken women. And broken women will come because you and Mama can minister to broken women. And so NRP gave us $20,000 and nothing happened. And we tried to open something and God closed the doors and we never did. We gave Keith Hodges Church, bought a van. They had a woman's home for Keith Hodges Church and in, in Alabama, Arab, and we still had about 10000 left. And Rod went and bought an old $3,000 trailer. I wouldn't have put my dog in it. Only the roaches lived in it and the rats. But anyway, he bought it. He said, we're going to start a lens house. And this scripture is on the wall. Put that picture of that scripture. The scripture that is on the wall in each of, we have three homes. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. We have three homes, three lens homes, and we take in broken women. We've taken in the rich, and we've taken in the poor. We've seen miracles. We've seen deliverance. We've seen cutters. We've seen women that have been raped by their dads set free. We minister deliverance and inner healing to them. We keep them nine months to 12 months and longer if we need to. And we send them back in life to engage with Jesus. We teach them, you must engage with Jesus. You must have a devotion in the morning. You, that's the first thing you have to have. They're in meetings every night. They work and they're set free. And that's what we've turned on the devil. And you could put those other pictures, one, two, and three. They're 
Lynn's house one, Lynn's house two. We give them parties. Every girl gets a birthday party in Lynn's house three. We opened two in 2018, one in 2020. Then put that next picture. Somebody gave us an old van. Misty Leto, where is she? Her, where's Misty Leto? Her husband gave us that old van, and look at it, Lynn's house. Those girls were happy as larks. I think that old van was 20 years old. You know, it's still going, praise God. People have given, and they've given, and they've given for Lynn's house because so are being set free. So what the devil did in our life, we turned it on him. And the rod got this word laying on the bed, weeping. God said, I will give you justice for all the things you have said. This is justice. Put that next picture. And then we just gave them a ball and then we dressed them all up in gowns. Some have never wore a formal in their life. And you see the black girl in the picture, we got her a number of years ago. She, her parents didn't want her. They gave her away. Her grandmother committed suicide. Her aunt committed suicide. She was sleeping on a porch when we got it. She was raped. She was everything. A family in our church adopted her. This year, just did an adult adoption. So what the devil means for destruction, you can turn it on him in Jesus' name. And there's two scriptures that I put in each house. Go to the next scripture. You will be blessed when you come in, and you will be blessed when you go out. Praise God. And then the next scripture, and I think that Natalie quoted it last night, Jeremiah 29, 11, the next scripture. It's my favorite scripture in the whole Bible. For I, do you have that next scripture? I thought I sent it. I have it on my outline. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And I tell them all when they come into Lynn's house. You are going to make it. You are going to be set free. You are going to be delivered. Your past is not going to determine your future. And we've turned it on the devil, and now we rejoice and we can dance. Praise God. Hallelujah. So every individual God used mightily in Scripture went through storms and went through hardships, and you're not going to be exempted. Joseph did. I think he was mentioned last night. The pit, the prison, the palace. Naomi Job went through terrible suffering. Moses, Elijah, Esther, David, Jonah, Paul. We are going to suffer in this life. Ten of Jesus' disciples was martyred. They were martyred for their faith. Our Savior was beaten and crucified for us on the cross. He died for us. Why would we be exempted from suffering in this life? We're going to suffer, but we can rise above the suffering and we can go on. We can stay in the race. The track will get muddy. It will get hard. We will feel like quitting, but no, we keep on running. We run for the prize. We run and we will make it in Jesus' name. Praise God. Suffering is what makes us who we are. Suffering in life is my testimony. It's made me who I am. I have persevered. You have to persevere. You have to stand flat-footed. You have to face the devil. You have to tell him you are going to overcome. You will make it. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. You have to rise up and become a warrior woman of God. You have to engage. Through the seasons of losing Lynn in my life, the Lord was near. I didn't feel like he was near. I felt like I was dead. He helped me through the pain and the suffering that I was going through. And some of you have lost children, and that's a painful suffering. As I walked through that terrible nightmare, I did four things. And uh, the first thing, and I think you have that slide, I brought my pain to God. No one could fix me. 
Rod couldn't fix me. I couldn't fix him. No one could fix me. My children couldn't fix me. I had people live with me for a month. I said, please go home. I want to go to the bathroom by myself. I'm tired of people being here. I want to be by myself. I want to just be by myself. And they loved me, but they couldn't fix me. They were trying to fix me. But only God can fix you, and only God can fix others. We have to remember that. Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And then in Psalms 147, 3, the word says, He heals the brokenhearted and he binds their wounds. As a doctor treats us when we're sick and wounded, the Lord treated me. He healed my broken heart. I didn't think it would ever be healed. And there's moments still, her phone's on my picture, and sometimes I just pick up my phone and look at her and weep. Because you never quit missing that person that dies. Their life goes on. Their life lives through you. And I let her life live through me, praise God. The second thing is that I did... I filled my life with God's word and with God's people. I want you to hear that. I filled it. I engaged in God's word, but I filled it with God's people. The word of God says in Psalms 34, 8, taste and see the Lord is good. We have to taste it. To eat something, we have to taste something. We have to eat it, don't we? We have to, those scrones were delicious yesterday, weren't they? I had one for breakfast. You have, to, you have to taste and see the Lord is good. And oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. We have to engage. And we, if we take refuge in him, we will overcome. And then Psalms 9, 9 through 10, the, Lord, the word says, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed. A stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, and you have never forsaken those that seek you. Look at that. You have to seek him. You have to engage. You have to inquire. You, ha- you know how he speaks to you? is through the Bible. It is a, a love letter to us. It tells us what to do, when to do it, how to do it. If we don't read it, we're, gonna be, we're not going to know what to do. I engaged and I knew what to do. I sought him and he healed my broken heart. In Exodus 17, 12 through 13, it was in that song that we sang. When Moses' hands grew tired, Aaron and Ur got a stone for Moses to sit on. Then Aaron and Ur held up his hands. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of the Amalekite in battle. You will overcome with the word of God and with God's people. Sometimes we need somebody. We need some flesh. We need somebody, some, somebody that can hold our hands, somebody that can hug us so tight we feel we're going to break. Sometimes we just need flesh. Jesus is always there, but we need people. My pain made me realize that I needed people. I could not make it on my own. You will not make it with some things on your own, divorce, sickness, losing a child and death, whatever pain and suffering you're going through. Sometimes you won't make it on your own. Jesus is always there, but you need the body of Christ. Praise God. And NRP. If you're not in a network and you're a pastor's wife, y'all need to get an NRP because NRP held our hand too. They called. They came from all over the country to that funeral. The line was so long, it went around the back door and wrapped around the church. We stood for five hours greeting people. People comforted us. So I connected to my church family. 
They were my stone and the NRP to rest on, and they held up my hands. They helped me win the battle. Sometimes you, you need others to help you win the battle. They showed me love, and they stayed by me till I kicked them all out of my house. I said, I need to be alone. Everyone needs a church family. You can't find things alone. You know, a person that doesn't have a church family, or if you're a pastor and you don't have an oversight, you're an orphan. You're an orphan. You're a Christian, but you're an orphan. And if you have a church and you don't have oversight, you're an orphan. You're just out there on your own. You need others, praise God. The third thing is I worshiped, like in the song. Instead of worrying. And God, that was hard. That was hard. Sometimes I didn't feel like worshiping. Sometimes I felt like crying. Psalms 22.3 tells us that God inhabits the praise of his people. Worship is a weapon. The devil hates worship. He hates worship. That's how, why he was, he was the worshiper in heaven. That's why he kicked out, got kicked out of heaven because he rebelled against Jesus. He hates worship. He don't want you to worship. Listen, you put worship music on in your home and he's got to flee in Jesus name. He's got to flee. You put it on and you put it loud, loud, and you dance and you sing and you kick him out the door in Jesus name. You tell him go in Jesus name. I tell them women, open the door of the trailers and kick him out in Jesus name. He has no right to be there. We can trample on serpents and scorpions. We have power. You got to take your authority. Worship is a weapon. Use it against the enemy. Put the whole armor of God. And I always hear about Hudson Taylor. He was a missionary to China. And I always think about Dick and Susie and all the wonderful things they do and all the mission work. But during the Boxer Rebellion, you could look it up. He was back in England. His, he, 50 of his missionaries, women, children, and men were killed for some reason. I don't really know. I think it's because the peasants thought that the Christians brought their poverty on the, the poor. I don't really know, the, but I, I need to read up on it. But in Hudson Taylor's discouragement and pain and suffering, he said, I cannot read. I cannot think. I cannot pray. But I can trust have you ever been there? There's been times, I told Penny when I was in the trial, when I was trying to get my notes, because we were going through a terrible trial. Our grandson that had a 4.0 football scholarship to play football, flipped out on acid and LSD, ended up trying to buy an AR-15, got arrested, got put in a psych ward. My daughter tried to handle it in her own, instead of trusting Jesus, and her own strength, had a nervous breakdown. She ended up in a psych ward. Rod and I are falling apart. This was just a few weeks ago. Falling apart. She left her husband. It was just crazy. It was crazy. It was so demonic. I could not read. I could not think. I could not pray, but I could trust God. And that's where you, when you can't read, sometimes I can't read my Bible. I'm too upset. Sometimes I can't think, I can't pray, but I can trust God. And I speak in tongues. Devil, you got to go. You got to give my seed up. The seed of the righteous will be delivered in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. It's hard to do. She left five kids. One was three and a half years old. He graduates this year. But I placed my heart in God's hands. Something powerfully happens when you place yourself in God's hands. God, with worship, God flooded my soul. Worship delivers. 
Worship changes your mindset and worship heals. And the fourth thing, because I got one minute, I believe that God would give me joy for my sorrow, and he has. Pain changes us, but when we engage, we come out stronger. One of the paradoxes of Christianity is God uses our pain for our good. If we let him, if we let him, Psalms 23, 4 says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 2 Corinthians 1, 4 says, he comforts me in my troubles. I'm putting it in first person so that I can comfort others when I am troubled. I will be able to give them the same comfort God has given me. What you've been through, divorce, death, bad health, whatever, you can comfort others because you've walked in those moxkins. You've walked in those shoes. Praise God. God uses me to help comfort others. God has used my pain to encourage others and comfort others. He is working in spite of what we see. He is always working in spite of what we can see. One thing I do know, and this is my last scripture, Matthew 28, 20, the word of God says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So like Chippy the parakeet, he was sucked up, washed up. He was blown over. He lost his song, but not us. No, we are going to sing. We are going to sing. If you're not singing right now, you are going to sing again in Jesus name. Adversity is on you, but you're going to rise above that adversity in Jesus name. So praise God. So whoever's in a trial, you need to stand to your feet right now and you need to tell the devil, I will sing again. Stand up. I will sing again. Stand up. Whoever's in a trial, I will sing again. Tell the devil, I will sing again. Whoever's in a trial, I will sing again. I will sing again. I will sing again. You hear me, devil? I will sing again. I will sing again. They will sing again. I prophesy that over them. Those that are suffering this morning, devil, give them up. Give them up. I plead the blood. I break every generational curse in Jesus' name. The seed of the righteous shall be delivered in Jesus' name. I call those things that are not as though they were. You will sing again. Praise God. You can continue to learn, grow, and flourish with us as a community of women by visiting nrpflourish.com. There you will find information on our Facebook group, our weekly Flourish podcast with Penny Tusi, and our 2024 Flourish dates. For more information about NRP and other conferences that we have going on throughout the year, visit nrpastors.com. We can't wait to see you at one of our conferences soon.